Welcome back to the third installment of Unsimplified. Okay, it is Thursday, December 8th, 2, 10 p.m. My best friend Megan just left. She was visiting me these past couple days, um, so it was a little tragic. But I will see her at Christmas, so it was okay. We had a fun time. We ate lots of food. But that's not what you're here for. Anyways, let's just let's just get right into this episode. I think this is going to be a fun one. Um, I always love listening to other people's advice on relationships. I think it's really cool to get other people's perspectives and experience because um, if you know when you get other people's experiences and learn from their experience and not have to go through it yourself, which unfortunately I've always been a learn the hard way type of girl. <laughs> Maybe it's the Taurus in me. Yeah, so since I've learned the hard way quite a few times, I, I think I have some fun advice too. But we'll work through this together. You guys asked me questions on Instagram. You DM'd me some of like your longer stories, which I think is really fun to read. So we'll go through these. I'm going to keep them all anonymous. Um, and uh, a lot of the stuff I'm going to share is I'm speaking from my personal experience. I'm no expert here. This is just kind of my learnings. And um, I also have read a lot of books about this kind of stuff too. So pulling some info from that, but... Also, if you haven't, I would highly recommend reading the book, Why Men Love Bitches. You have to read the book to don't judge it by the title. It is a very useful book of like having the woman kind of keep their power, that kind of stuff. So this is where I would insert a jingle before we hop into the episode, but I was banned from singing my little jingle. So I'm going to ask again, someone please message me on Instagram and tell me you have a little talent on GarageBand and make me a jingle. Okay, here we go. Okay, I, female 20, been dating this guy, male 22, since April. We started things up as I was still recovering from a bad breakup, and he was also in a self-improvement stage. We've been so good for each other and have fallen in love. He makes me swoon, and it's also the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. I lost all of my independence in my last relationship, which I was working on, and even though I was worried about losing it as I've gotten closer to this guy... I've been able to keep that separate from a lot of the rest of my life in a way that allows me to still rely on myself to be dependable and take care of myself and everything I need to do. Me and this guy have never made things official slash given it a label, but said that we love each other. This is just context up to this point. Boy is going abroad in the spring. I know he doesn't leave until mid-February, but will probably have to live with his parents starting in January at some point, and I don't know how long he'll be gone. We both have a year and a half left in our programs, and he'll move back here after his abroad semester ends. But since we never made things official, I don't know how to talk to him about leaving or what's going to happen when he comes back. I have no desire to do long distance, and I doubt he would either. But I think it's unlikely that I'd meet anyone worth trying to get over him while he's gone. I guess I just want to know if there's some potential for us in the future. But I don't want to put any pressure on things because it's always been so natural and has only ever made me feel good things. I guess I'm asking if you would just wait and wonder or confront the feelings. I tend to be a very non-confrontational person. Any advice is much appreciated. Okay, my first reaction is I went through a very suspiciously similar situation to this. So I feel like I might be equipped to give some good advice or at least tell you like how that situation played out for me. Um, But that's actually crazy because mine also involved um, a guy that it was super natural with. He said he loved me. I said I loved him and we weren't dating. There wasn't a label and the issue was going abroad as well. So that's kind of crazy. So if you started seeing him in April and it is now December, that's like a little over six months. And because it's December now and like the last time you're going to see him is in January and then you have no idea when he's coming back, you have about like a month left to like marinate on this and figure out a plan. It is tough when like, I mean, six to seven months is like a decent amount of time to like get to know somebody and if you were like dating in a relationship that time, like that whole time saying I love you is like not crazy. But the question comes into play that if you are going abroad, you're not with that person all the time. So does the exclusivity carry over when you don't have that label? Because that label is kind of protective in some ways. I know people have like very specific opinions about labels in general. For me personally, like I totally get like where you're coming from, how labels would clear a lot of things up, especially when you have this much feelings involved but when I was abroad there was a lot of people on my program who were in relationships and I literally watched those crash and burn I would say probably a half to two-thirds of the couples that were on um, my program did not last and I don't think that's and I don't think that's because they were over there and they found somebody else like maybe one person did but it was more so that 
because they were long distance and they had been separated for that amount of time they had that time to themselves to focus on themselves and to ponder the relationship and kind of the emotional connection they have and consider the pros cons the problems and everything without the physical person being there kind of being a distraction of like the physical element I think going abroad has the reputation of breaking couples up because it's the first time that you're like severely separated I know plenty of couples who have made it through two I'm just saying that is the statistic of my personal trip that I went on okay but back to you so I would not worry about factoring in if you're meeting somebody else or he's meeting somebody else. Like if you break up with somebody, they don't need like an immediate replacement. Maybe he is like that. But if he is like that, then like you don't want him anyway. You want somebody that is able to be alone or choose you in the end. I think time apart no matter what will strengthen couples if they come back and they still are choosing each other. So let's say he does go on this abroad trip and you just kind of do your own thing you let him do your own thing and then he comes back and then you rekindle like how great is that that's like a super reassuring like super reassuring of your connection and and you didn't have to be like emotionally dragged through the mud for all the months that he was over there hoping and praying every night that like he wasn't getting with somebody but that's to say do not go into it like making any promises with him like yeah, do whatever you want over there, but, like, no matter what, when you come back, like, we'll get back together. Like, you don't know how you're going to feel. Like, you might think you know how you'd feel in six months right now, but let me tell you, girl, a lot of things can change. So, um, I think the safest thing might be just to let you kind of go your separate ways for the time being and reevaluate it if and when it shows up in your life. The universe will bring back to you what is meant for you, So just enjoy the time that you have back to yourself like while you're apart. Okay, but your kind of closing question here was, I'm asking if I should just wait and wonder or confront the feelings. Basically, waiting and wondering is just like literally never good. I feel like it gives up your kind of power because you're kind of settling in fear and being okay with that because you don't want to appear a certain way like caring too much or controlling or something but I think it's always good to be up front and kind of get answers it doesn't have to be anything like it doesn't have to be like an argument but I think like you'll be saving yourself a lot of emotional time and energy if you get your answers right away I am not a confrontational person either so that type of thing would also scare me so I'm going to tell you how I would go about this and I have trouble with serious conversations a lot too because I think overall like I'm not a very serious person like I like everything to be lighthearted. I like people feeling comfortable so confrontation is something I try to avoid or just make it as lighthearted as I can so first and foremost this conversation should definitely be done in person it is much much easier to like read body language and understand how the questions are coming across i'm literally just gonna like act this out for you i hope you can follow along this is like what i'm like imagining so let's say you're like hanging out like i'm imagining this like taking place in a car for some reason hey are you excited to i'm gonna pretend he's going to spain are you excited to go to spain oh yeah no i'm super excited oh yeah like what are you like looking forward to most I don't know, like, speaking Spanish and, like, I love soccer, so I heard Barcelona's pretty cool. Yeah, I I actually went to Barcelona one time. It's really cool there. I think you'll like it. But, like, you know, six months is, like, a long time you're going to be gone for. Like, I'm definitely going to miss you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know why he's frat, but this is, like, the only guy voice I can do. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to miss you, too. Like... I love you or whatever. Yeah, I love you too. I, I'll I'll miss you a lot. Um, but like I don't really I don't really know how this would work out. I want you to have a full abroad experience, and like I know it's really hard with the time difference and stuff. So like I don't expect or like think it would be healthy to like have the same intensity of our relationship through the time while you're abroad like as we do now as much as I love this and enjoy this and like 
if I was being selfish, like I wouldn't want you to go abroad at all because I'd want to stay together with you. But I think going abroad is like a super valuable experience. Um, but I think to kind of protect me emotionally and allow you to experience Spain in the fullest form, like maybe, you know, we can like check up on each other every now and then, but like not be in the type of relationship when you're over there as we have now yeah i was like kind of nervous about doing the whole long distance thing not gonna lie but like i totally love you and like i'll be super sad but like i i agree i i think it'd be really hard to keep up but like i wish we could keep going if it was a perfect world you know what i'm saying yeah i agree but like you know, if it if it's meant to work out in the end, like I I think it'll figure itself out. Um, I don't want to like promise anything for like when you get back, but like if if we're both down at that time, like I would totally be down to like catch up and get coffee, just hear about your abroad trip. But like I don't expect that, and that's not like set in stone. Like that'll just be up to play by ear. But obviously, you mean so much to me, and like this is hard to do, but I think it's the most mature and best for us and i guess we'll kind of just like see what happens honestly like true like that sounds good to me and like totally respect that love you queen scene over how'd i do i apologize if i like totally just slandered that boy <laughs> ah. um yeah i i don't have many good boy accents that was the best i could do but like in a perfect world i feel like it could go somewhat like that just kind of be like upfront about it be very like chilling casual this doesn't have to be like an argument keep emotions out of it for like discussing the logistics of it but you know you can add the emotions of like the reassurance of like i love you and i'll miss you but like you both are still very young you are not fully grown and mature until like your mid to late 20s so people still have growing up to do and like I think these years are super formative, so it'll honestly be better if you have time apart to grow and, like, you do circle back together when you are at this kind of, like, more mature stage in your life. So it'll work out if it's supposed to. I hope that helped. I'm sorry if that was, like, super rambly and confusing. Um, but I, I'll, give you, I'll give you what not to do, which is what I did in my situation. So my situation went just like this. Story time. Ready? He pursued me first. He, like, inquired about me and was, like, I really like Sienna, like, hook me up, like, through a friend. And so we started talking, and I thought he was really cool. We had a lot of similar interests. We started hanging out, but I told him, like, I just want to hang out as friends. Like, we can do a lot of the same activities together. So, and I really appreciated how this guy was not very, like, um, I feel like traditionally guys have like one motive and you can kind of like see it from the beginning of them trying to like court you and like make moves on you or like be touchy-feely he was never that way he like truly enjoyed hanging out with me doing whatever we ended up spending like almost every day together because we both had a lot of free time but throughout the time that I spent with him I started realizing like holy shit like even though I said I didn't want to like start anything with anyone before I was like going abroad or going back to school like I think I kind of effed myself over here because spending more time with him actually is just leading me to like actually falling for him more I finally told him that I was had feelings for him and then like that's when we started hooking up and that's where it got even messier and feelings were becoming involved so like at that point what is the difference between like starting a relationship and like doing what we were doing pretty much nothing but the label then the summer started coming to a close and we were like what the fuck do we do so then when our long distance was gonna start he was like i actually like can't do this like i can't maintain this level of involvement with somebody that i like so much while i am gone so this won't work out on my end and i was super super bummed because I started falling for him so i was like finally like hey like i like you back so you're suddenly not liking me back now or like you don't want to do this anymore so I was kind of compromising myself and my feelings by being like okay that's fine I'll take whatever I can get so he was kind of like we'll talk every now and then and like we'll see each other on breaks but like giving people promises like that so far advanced in the future when like you don't know what's going to happen in that chunk of time 
is just like kind of fucking yourself over because you're holding on to like a false sense of hope by taking their actual word for it. If somebody's giving you a promise that far in the future, just like do not hold on to it because having that much time apart, like you literally just don't know what's going to like play out in the months that you're apart. I took his words too seriously and as the truth and I assumed he was going to keep up with me and keep to those promises that we were going to hang out when we were home or whatever um he he blew me off a lot kind of led me on into in like fucking crazy circles and was a little liar and got very messy ended up really really hurting me and I just like simply never saw him again so that was a very messy ending but because of the way that kind of false promises were made and how like lies were thrown around and like deceiving each other that ruined the chance of ever having something in the future so if I were to redo it I would have rather had like an amicable mutual separation and agreement to like not talk to each other while we were apart so we could spare having maybe anything in the future if we ended up reuniting hopefully my personal insight and the previous advice give you some type of clarity and I'm wishing you the best definitely update me if anything happens I'm here for you girl I went through it myself. Okay, moving on to the next question. Okay, this question is like tough one because I don't really know if there's a true answer besides the waiting game. But she says, hi, hi, how does one survive as a straight rad femme, as in rad feminist? How does one survive as a straight rad femme having interrogated the patriarchy all her life, truly having observed firsthand and researched the horrors of men whether scientific or social, how does one enjoy dating? In every detail of dating, the men I've come across is a perfect glimpse of how the psyches are rotted by misogyny. I love men on an individual basis and want to be loved, but I'm constantly vigilant and hopeless. I feel you because it feels like there's always some type of fucking catch. Like sometimes you think you found the perfect guy and everything you see for like the first month, you're like, oh my God, finally I found a good one. And then they'll just say one sentence and it like ruins it all. So I have also seen this firsthand myself and I have not found somebody that has um, been an outlier in this kind of uh, stereotypical version of men, which is unfortunate. But we have to remember that like right now we are still young and men mature slower, boys mature slower than girls. So let's just hope that they're still growing up to doing these men and they're still learning and like my hope lies in the fact that as we get older people learn more and hopefully are educated more through you know the social movements going on through friends and others and maybe we're still just in the beginning of this process and like with time with growth and with age we will find that someone for us and I believe like what you put out you attract keep putting out your rad femme energy and hopefully like that is picked up and attracted in return. If you're putting yourself around other people that are hopefully have the same views as you, maybe they have mutual friends or hopefully their friends are educated as well and like the puzzle pieces will finally fall into place. But I honestly think it is a waiting game and it's also just like trial and error. Like you're going to have to go meet some shitty people to just like play the numbers game of finding that like one good egg. And I really, I really, really wish I had better advice for you, but I don't because it's a tough world out there. Yeah. Moving on again. Definitely talk about situationships and weird situations where you don't know if they want you because of mixed signals. And setting healthy boundaries, how to spot and acknowledge red flags and not settling for less than you deserve. Okay, I'm not going to lie, this is a run-on sentence, so I'm going to address that first part and then we'll move on through her run-on sentence. First off, if they're giving you mixed signals, that's the only signal you need because that means they either do not want you enough or they're not in a position to treat you how you should be treated. Or maybe they're not emotionally available, but they do like you, so they want to keep you kind of around but know that they can't really commit. The mixed signal is your signal to proceed with caution and or like just move on. I think setting healthy boundaries comes from, first of all, taking time to understand yourself and understanding how you operate, what you expect, how you love, what makes you feel loved. But it's also like learning how to communicate your feelings. So I think boundaries mostly come into play when you have to let somebody know how your feelings is making you feel a certain way that you don't want to be crossed if that makes sense. Like if somebody is showing a lot of interest in you, but maybe they're being like way too aggressive or trying to spend way too much time with you 
or even like inviting themselves over to your house, like that is making you feel perhaps nervous or threatened in your own individuality. So you have to identify first that feeling like, hey, like stop Sienna right now. You're feeling this way. Okay, I understand. I'm feeling a little threatened right now because this is my space and my time. So then now you can make a game plan that's like, how do I communicate this in a kind way? When things like that happen to me, I usually I usually blame it on my social battery, which is usually true. But it's just like, I think a more understandable term. So you could be like, hey, bae, um, my social battery has been like, running out super fast recently and i absolutely love spending all the time with you but i'm just like super tired and i know i'm not super fun to be around when i'm tired and i think in order for me to like recharge fully i just need to like be alone for the next two days and then i think a good like compromise would just be to make that plan with them in those coming two days or whatever it is so it's like i think i need to rest for these next two days but how about like on sunday we plan to get coffee together or something and then that person can feel at ease like they're not being shut out and they have concrete plans with you um but they also understand that like you do have these healthy boundaries so i feel like that kind of formula can be applied in a lot of situations Um, but it's really about identifying first what you're feeling and how you want to address it because i feel like a lot of people are not in touch with their feelings so they just kind of have gut reactions or anger reactions or blow up because they're not addressing the like pinpoint of why they're feeling the way they are if that makes sense okay the rest of her question was and how to not settle less than you deserve just because they're giving you attention and to elaborate on the attention thing how to not get attached because they're giving you attention how to not get addicted to the attention, and how to find the energy slash attention elsewhere. That is a superb question and something I have talked about with my therapist, so I will try to reiterate what conversation I had with her. Um, But to give you the context to how this applies to my life, so I'm going to say something, and it's going to sound really like narcissistic or something, but I don't mean it like this. This is just the experience I've had. So in high school, I started dating and I had a boyfriend. I went to college and pretty much like I had boys interested in me, like from parties or whatever, you'd get their Snapchats, you'd be like snapping them or like talking to them. So I always had some type of male entertainment of like somebody I was going to see at a party or somebody I was talking to in college. And then when I would come home for the summer, I'd always have a boy at home. Like this was not like me doing things, by the way. This is the point of me saying this is that it was always these men were finding me. So they would come to me at parties. I'd get their Snapchat. We'd be talking or I'd go home for the summer and they would message me or they'd slide in my DMs or they'd ask my friend for my number or something. So they kind of fell into my lap. So at a very like young age, like 17 to 20 ish era when you're first kind of experiencing this kind of like dating relationship intimacy pool like my only experience was that men pursued me and all I had to do is just go along with it so then at the end of my senior year when I like broke up with my last boyfriend I had a loss of community because I was no longer in college and COVID hit so like a lot of isolation but that was the first time after a consecutive like years back to back of not having male attention either from a boyfriend or like being constantly pursued by like boys at college or some boy that I had over the summer. So I found myself suddenly giving guys attention like through Snapchat or something when I was well aware I did not like them just because I wanted their attention because all my life up to that point I had always had some type of male attention and I was getting frustrated because like, you know, they'd like ask you to hang out or something and you're like, I don't actually want to hang out. Like I just wanted to Snapchat you because I wanted your fucking compliments and attention, bitch. Sorry, that was really, really aggressive. I did not mean that. So when I was talking to my therapist, the point was basically like when they give you compliments or when you're getting this attention, it's basically a dopamine rush. And then your brain starts craving and expecting this dopamine rush. So I was like, talking to my therapist and I was like okay well what do I do about that because my brain is still craving that and it's just like I don't want these men but they're still giving me that dopamine rush through this attention and she's basically like you can kind of hack your brain to get this dopamine rush elsewhere so your brain is still getting that dopamine rush just not attention from boys now I have tried her advice like you can look up like things to do to get dopamine I think it's like exercising like dancing listening to music whatever 
if you're treating your brain to this dopamine in the time that you want it from men or something and like you're like oh i really wish i got a snapchat right now of a guy complimenting me like do another activity that would give you dopamine i so basically at first it's not going to feel good like you're going to be like i still would rather have that snapchat of from that guy to get that dopamine rush but it's supposed to be like an over time it like switches your brain to value the new form of dopamine more um but i have not successfully like fully tested that out um but that is the advice from my therapist however in the reverse way if like a guy is giving you attention and you know he's like not super into you but you just like the attention from the guy i still think it kind of boils down to like if you know that he doesn't like you like obviously you don't like him that much if he is not respectful or can't see the value in you but you still like the attention that he gives you so it's more about just replacing that dopamine rush of his attention with something else which i it's a really hard thing okay this is not easy but like if you want it bad enough you'll figure something out how to replace that dopamine okay those are the longer questions and now i'm gonna answer like the shorter ones that were in the question box reply and i'll keep them anonymous so do not worry how do you admit to a friend that you're low-key in love with them so a couple people actually asked a similar question to this which i found interesting um i think like a little background would be important with this so results may vary but like if you're just like kind of a one-off friend with someone and they're like not in a huge friend group i feel like there's less less weight or strain on if things were to go wrong because it's just between you and them as opposed to like a whole friend group but if you were just like hanging out with somebody one-on-one and you like established a great friendship and you're like oh my god wait i might be in love with them i think it's worth evaluating on your end like the repercussions of you saying that like or you not saying that so like you did say it and like you ended up dating and then broke up is that worth the time that you did have together or would you have rather never dated them at all continued to have a lengthy friendship and secretly be in love with them the whole time like like which would you prefer you know consider that first but let's say you decided aside from the repercussions you definitely want to tell them you're in love with them how do you do that yeah that would be hard (laughs) um i think you could bring it up in more of like like explaining the way you feel and kind of pose it as a question as you would ask a friend for advice. So you could just be like, hey, bestie, um, I'm like feeling very confused right now. And like I kind of need advice and I don't really know who else to go to about this because I think you would give me the best insight. Wink, wink. Don't do that part be like i've been feeling very confused because like i have just been loving all the time that we've had hanging out together and like i look at my other friendships i have and me hang out with them and like this is my favorite friendship i have the most fun with doing everything with you and it doesn't really compare to my other friendship so i'm kind of wondering if like there's a reason for that if like that means that i'm feeling something between us is more than friends and that is like worrying and confusing to me don't really know what to do about that then that kind of leaves the ball in their court where they can be like hey that's super flattering but like i think it's best for friends or i'm literally so glad you said that because i'm also feeling like that and then you kiss and fall in love you know hope that works out for you though queenie okay next one is a three-parter she went back to the question box three times so let's get into it i like my best friend and he keeps talking to me about the girls he's into knowing that i like him we live miles away and distance is awful so i understand it's a big no-no but like what and I don't want to date anyone just to get over him. So it's really shitty. I know exactly why he's doing this. Firstly, no matter if the feelings are requited or not, his efforts in letting you know that he's into other girls or thinks other girls are hot are in hopes that he's putting you off. So he's hoping that you're hearing that and realizing his interest is elsewhere and it's kind of like a, hey, this is not gonna work or hey, I'm not into you. So like, here's me showing you, without telling, showing you, I'm interested in in pursuing other things than what we have. So take that for what it is. He's showing you interest lies in other girls, which, yeah, shitty and especially shitty if he knows that you like him. But I think that's the exact reason he's doing it is it's just he's too wimpy to tell you to your face that, like, he's not into you. So he's hoping you pick up on, like, context clues by him explaining the fact that he likes other girls. So sounds like he needs to grow up a little bit, but hashtag no judgment. He could be a troubled lad. We don't know. Um, but I wish you the best. Next. 
how to know what you want slash open-mindedness versus standards um so i think the difference between open-minded it the difference between open-mindedness versus standards comes to more of uh what's compromising to you and your needs so you can be open-minded about somebody's hobbies or how they live their life but when shouldn't be open-minded or compromising is when it is potentially compromising disruptive or hurting you an example of open-mindedness could be like let's say this guy is like yeah i'm actually a night owl i sleep for eight hours during the day and then i like do all my work all night you can be open-minded to that be like okay king whatever floats your literal boat but as long as that doesn't impede on like your relationship then like that can fly but if it did impede on your relationship then maybe it would be time to like set a standard where i think a standard is like Let's say it's the same situation. You were open-minded about his night owlness, but because of that, he is now late to everything and falls through on a lot of plans and is super flaky. You can set the standard of, I expect a partner to be respectful of my time. You can set the standard of having a partner be reliable. And if he is not that at the end of the day because of his night owlness, like that's on him. That's a direct result of his choice. You can be judge-free and open-minded about the way he lives his life but you are not responsible for the way that impacts you. You get it? I think that I think that was a good example. A little weird, but a good example. Um okay. Here's another best friend one. Best friends to lovers. Y'all really like that one, don't you? Do you pursue something with one of your best friends? Crazy chemistry, but has been messy. My initial answer is going to be no. I think you can have crazy chemistry with a lot of people. Like, I don't think that's hard, as hard to find as like compatibility. Compatibility comes down to like a lot of things. So I'm assuming that the messiness is coming from like lack of compatibility or standards or other external factors. Um, but you can have great chemistry and like not be a good couple or like not supposed to be together. But also like, do you want to jeopardize this best friendship for something that is showing to be messy at the very upfront? I think if there's anything you should be aware of is like, if you're at the beginning of a relationship, things are kind of not going well from the start or like you don't even have this like honeymoon phase, you should be very cautious because if things are presenting itself at the very beginning of the relationship, those things are not going to go away. They're going to be there until they're solved or you're going to be breaking up and i heard this thing i think it might have been from tiktok or something but it was like whatever the first red flag is that you saw in somebody is the exact reason that you'll break up with them sat there and i was like no fucking way and then i reflected on my past two and a half relationships like dating relationships and i was like holy shit that is the truth that is literally the truth to every single one like really think about it um I'll give you two examples of mine. The first one was, I don't want to give away too much about the first person's information. He displayed to me that he had no relationship with his mother and like talked very badly about her, which like probably was well-deserved, but you know, I was kind of like, yikes, not a good thing that he doesn't have a relationship with his mother. And then, you know, mommy issues are a thing. So that's essentially why we broke up too. Um, And if for some reason he's listening to this and he's like, mommy issues is not why I broke up please reflect please go to therapy you're still a great person i i really am rooting for you but go therapy brother go to therapy okay next i think relationship pacing could be an interesting talking point too fast versus too slow i think this covers another one of the questions i got asked so hopefully this covers that i think these are very two good things that people aren't super aware of when they're in a relationship because they might not have a lot to compare it to or vice versa they have friends that are in a very specific relationship and they end up comparing the pace of their relationship to their friends so this is kind of complicated and i do think it is very very different for everybody but i also think it's interesting that you said too slow because i feel like a lot of people are the first half of like things move too fast um but i have kind of also been in two of these situations so i can kind of explain that so i don't want to reference love at first sight because this is not what i mean by what i'm about to say but I think that your like intuition and your first impression of kind of like kind of your gut reactions as things first start to unfold are very, very important. 
So if your initial impression was like, once again, I'm speaking from my point of view. Like, wow, I really like this guy. Like, I'm kind of nervous. I really like this guy. Like, take that into account. But if your first impression is, uh, I don't know if I really like this guy, but like, I'll see how it goes. Like, I'll let it unfold. And it's kind of been months and it's still unfolding. And you're like, I think I'm starting to like him. Like, I have literally been in this situation. It's quite possibly it could be moving too slow for a couple reasons. A, you have like emotional damage and you're like trying to protect yourself. So you're not kind of letting yourself feel which is a sign, hey, I should not be getting into a relationship right now. I should actually focus on myself. Or it means that you are just not that into him. And that is your body trying to tell you. But your brain thinks that like, oh, I kind of do want a relationship right now. So I want to make this work. So like, I'll just take it slow enough and let it unfold. But listen to that like inner voice. But back to the too fast part, like if you really like him, I think it's important to take the way you're feeling engage it with that other person and i i truly think like things will naturally unfold if things are mutual i think the going too fast part uh will present itself as red flags when like you are applying logic to the emotions so for example if somebody is love bombing you and they're telling you i love you after like a month of knowing you like you have to be like, okay, like I'm feeling really, really strong emotions for this person too. And I appreciate the sentiment. Maybe there is a lot of feelings for them behind that too. But can you really know everything about me and like love me after one month? Be a little logical about it. But you see, I did have somebody kind of love bomb me and I I ate it up, lapped it up, licked the bowl clean and then they like kind of dipped on me so i fell for it so i don't have great advice on that but then on the reverse like i was saying i was moving very slow with a guy for a while and was trying to convince myself that like i was about to fall in love with him it was just like taking me a slower amount of time which was the truth but there's a reason for the truth and that was that i was just so emotionally damaged at the time but i wasn't really ready to be in a relationship so I just wasn't opening up and falling as I, as fast or as normal as I should have been given the amount of time that we were together. But I think a good thing to do is very, very, like everything takes communication if you want things to last. So like I think checkpoints would be good, not like sit down like it's time for a checkpoint, but like you can have these conversations like be like, hey, let's be fucking for real about our feelings right now. Like it is kind of like vulnerable and it's kind of scary but like but like if we really like each other communication about our feelings is what's going to make this last so then so then talk about it and if what you're hearing is matching up with what you're feeling then great and if it doesn't then you need to reevaluate but i think that's literally the best advice i can give cuz i feel like it's very situational and it's kind of hard cuz people are really fucking manipulative out there Tips on how to know if someone likes you slash is flirting with you. This is an interesting question, but I don't think you need to know if someone is flirting with you. Like, I think that makes it the safest thing. Like, when you don't know, it is up for this mystery for the both of you. And, like, how they react is up to them. But for me, I think I've always been an accidentally flirty person. But I think like you should you should like low-key literally flirt with everybody like i think flirting with everybody will get you your way in the end like low-key <laughs> like i i just don't think there's a problem with like lightly flirting with everybody people will either perceive it as like you being really nice and they'll appreciate that kindness or they'll perceive it as flirting and they'll flirt back with you like you have your answer but it's just kind of like a banter like you go back and forth and you can kind of feel and see if that like builds into anything but I just feel like a great general baseline rule is like flirt with everybody. And it doesn't have to be anything intimate or sexual or uh, like an innuendo or anything. You could literally just be like, hey, like you look really good today. Like I love your outfit. And like I've literally said that to men. And if it was with the intent of flirting and you told me to say that, I would like be like, hell no, I'm not saying that. I would shit my pants. I would say that genuinely and truthfully because I like somebody's outfit. So if you go in it with that mindset, like they could perceive it as flirting or they could or they could perceive it as nice like that's up to them okay but how to know if somebody likes you 
I don't think you're going to get like a true uncovered answer by any singular piece of advice I'm going to give you. I think it's more of like, like if you want your answer, you're going to have to ask. But if you want to feel confident in asking by like looking for clues that are validating, I would just say it's like kind of look to see if they are acting in any type of love language towards you. So like um, if they're giving you words of affirmation, like a lot of compliments, maybe that's something to note. That is their love language. Then that means then that means there's some type of feelings attached to it aimed towards you. If they're gift giving, maybe they're giving you like, you know, their other half of their sandwich or something. I don't know. It could be time. Maybe they're spending a lot of time talking to you at work over other coworkers. Like small things like that to pick up on if you want to be like, okay, yeah, they they have been doing those things. Like those are some those are some correlating signs. Like I feel confident, now I will ask them. But I think at the end of the day, if you truly want your answer, you can end up asking them, end up asking them on a little date or like hanging out and see or how they react in kind of like a more intimate one-on-one setting. How to deal with being single. I've never been in a relationship and it's never been a problem until now. Um, I have friends who are in the situation as well and I know how deeply it affects them. Um, so like your feelings are very valid. But firstly, if you're somebody who you feel like has never been in a relationship for X amount of time, also keep in mind that there's probably somebody else out there that you'd hope to attract that is in a, a, the same or a very similar situation. Singleness is very good for the fact that you have ample time in learning about yourself without kind of putting yourself through the situation. So you can learn a lot from books or from other people or by learning what your wants and desires are without experiencing it and then getting hurt and then learning type of thing. So there are still ways that you can like take this time of singleness to work towards something in regards to a relationship like standards but if it's something that you're like it's never been a problem until now or like you feel like you're missing out if you really want it bad enough like there are ways that you can kind of get that taste without being in like a direct like committed relationship like you can go on the dating apps and not be necessarily looking for anything serious but just more looking for the exercise of meeting up with somebody going on a date with them like running through the motions and understanding the way different people are and when it comes to like the apps and like meeting people that kind of ends up turning more into a numbers game where it's like eventually after all the people that you interact with and go on dates on there will probably be one person who ends up sticking out or or ending up being somebody you could date so that could be like a foot in the door that way if you're like really dying to like, get in the game. I also don't think it's something that you need to be like pining for. Like there is a lot of greatness in singleness with the freedom that you have with yourself and prioritizing yourself first, focusing on yourself, doing what you want instead of considering another party in life decisions. Also, I've heard that the happiest women alive are the ones that are single and with no children. So don't let society get to you. Like, if you really want to go out there and, like, experience the dating world, I definitely think you should. Just do it to run through the motions to, like, get comfortable with it. And then I think you'll build confidence in a way of understanding what you want and who to go after. This episode is a very, very long episode. Um, Please let me know if you like these longer ones or not. But you guys ask me a lot of questions, and I'm really talkative, so I could go into depth on all of these. Um, but I think this will be the last question. Somebody asks, what's dating like in college and after college? Ooh, that's a good one. So I think dating in college and dating after college are very hard, just in very different ways. So college and dating made me feel very, very icky. I don't know if that's everyone's experience, but from the experience I had, it seemed like nobody actually wanted to be serious. It was just like people wanting to hook up or be with someone for a short amount of time and then move on to the next person, just kind of being with the hottest person or whatever it was. There didn't seem to be a focus on emotional connection or longevity, which was a disappointment to me because I am a relationship girl and I did not want any real, I didn't really want any flings or like one time things. So I think a lot of this 
like kind of goes back to the fact well first of all you're young in college like for a lot of people that's their first like experience in dating and intimacy and like a lot of things so i think people go a little crazy for that because they're learning a lot they want to try a lot but it's also everyone's like first taste of freedom so like they don't have to like sneak anybody over their parents aren't home or if their parents can't say yes or no like they can do whatever they want and i think people just go a little too buck wild with that which is unfortunate but also like you do you if you want that i'm just saying it's unfortunate because i got i got the short end of the stick a lot of the times wait that's actually not supposed to be a sexual joke but that's hilarious but aside from like the downfalls of like people being deceiving or like using people and like the hookup culture of all that i think the positive of being in college and dating is that you have a community you're around a lot of people your age and it is easy to meet people you can go to parties you can be in the library you can be in classes there are a lot of different fucking ways to meet people and that is amazing a lot of people do meet their significant others in college or start dating in college so i think access to people is easier and so i think you're just kind of set up better for meeting people or having choices of somebody that you would match with so dating after college is something that like i literally do not hear a lot of people talk about but i think now being out of college and experiencing it i have like my eyes have opened up to the issues that presents itself once you graduate college but also i think there's like a new layer of difficulties in dating after college now that so much of the world is working remote when you graduate college most people eventually end up getting a job so your new community instead of being at college is now the community of your coworkers. So it's your workspace. That's who you see every day. And aside from that, it's just who you're seeing to and fro or friends, essentially. The pool of people that you have to select from if you're choosing to date is usually much smaller, which presents difficulties if you're looking to meet somebody authentically like in everyday life. Also, I think it, like there's issues with that because when you're in college everyone's like around the same age but like when you start working at like companies like people can be any age like you could work with like 40 year olds 50 year olds or you could work with people your age like it's really a toss-up like i was saying now that a lot of people work virtual or remote like you're not having the camaraderie of coworkers every day if you're sitting at home on your computer like my personal issue and experience with dating after college is ha, guess what I don't go into work and I don't work remote. I work for myself, so I have zero coworkers at all. And because I have zero coworkers at all, that means I have no community. So I'm literally not a part of anything. If I didn't force myself, I would never have to leave the house because I can work from my bedroom. So my community went from a 16,000 person college to, I guess, the city of New York, which is technically a lot of people but I don't have the vehicle in which to meet people. My community needs to be something on a smaller scale, like if I was a yoga instructor or something. I need to work on finding a community not only to like satisfy social needs and like meeting people, but also that is a way that you are able to go out and meet and date people. Okay, this is actually the last question I'm going to answer for today. My BF is constantly telling me I deserve better and doesn't listen when I try to comfort him. What do I do? I have been in this exact position. And no matter how much you comfort them, it's not going to work. And let me tell you why. Firstly, you shouldn't need to comfort them because it's kind of their problem. Men do not have the like metaphoric way of speech when talking about emotions like women do like boys and men will say it how it is so if they tell you if they're telling you like i think you deserve better take that for face value take it for what it is and listen to them they're telling you exactly what you need to know what you deserve better equates to is hey i'm really insecure and i understand that you have high expectations for me and I can see those and I know I cannot live up to that. And I choose to not put in that effort to meet those standards in which you've set. So I'm just going to tell you, hey, 
you deserve better or I don't deserve you to make you kind of feel bad for me and excuse the fact that I'm not going to put in the work to be that person in which you hope I am by these standards that you've set. It all stems from their insecurity and insecurity is what's going to like sabotage the relationship in the end. Like Their insecurity will sabotage themselves and evidently your relationship in a whole because somebody who's insecure is not equipped to be in a relationship. They need to work on themselves first before they then try to give themselves to somebody else. And it comes across in this way of if they are insecure, they may not emotionally be there to support you. They may value seeking validation elsewhere in order to make them feel better about themselves to get more feelings of validation because they're insecure. They might compromise yourself and your feelings in order to make themselves like feel better and feel less insecure, get validated in some like outsourced way. But at the end of the day, like you do not deserve that. And that's exactly what they're telling you. So listen to them. And you can have this direct conversation with them like exactly what I just said and you can be like hey this may stem from insecurity like so you can either work on that and we can get to a point where you can treat me better or this is not going to work at all and if it were my way I would tell you like just break it off as it is and let them work on themselves if they love you enough if they want to work on themselves enough if they love themselves enough they'll put them in a position they'll put themselves in a position to be good enough and if they want that they'll work towards that and then you can come back together after that growth and have a better relationship but until then that's on them and you need a run girl i have talked for an hour and a half i have a lot of silence to edit out of this but that's how long this audio recording is an hour and a half that's so long i hope you like longer episodes though let me know what you think or if I should do more parts of this because I I like hearing about your guys' lives and like, I don't know, this is a fun, a fun thing for me too. So hope y'all are enjoying this. If you want to keep up with me on a day-to-day, my Instagram is simply.sienna. You can follow unsimplifiedpod on Instagram. I don't really know what like, I want to do with that Instagram. I just feel like everybody has Instagram for their podcast. So I don't know. Um, I would love to hear your individual feedback in my DMs and such. We can talk about it. I can give you any more advice. If y'all have any updates, let me know. Um, you can find me on TikTok, S-S-I-I-E-N-A. My YouTube is Sienna Filippi. <coughs> um, thanks for hanging with me. I'll talk to y'all next time.